Everyone's doing well? Yes. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. If you have your Bibles with you, I want to invite you to turn to the book of Proverbs, chapter 4. We're going to begin a new series this morning entitled Heart Check. And some of you may be wondering, is this going to be all about my physical heart or is this about my spiritual heart? Well, we can do both. We can do both, but we are going to be talking about the spiritual heart, the very center of our relationship with God, just really everything that pertains to our connecting with God, God communicating with us and us communicating with God. So in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 through 23, it says, My son, give attention to my words, incline your ear to my sayings, do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for or because they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Verse 23 says, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it, out of your heart, spring the issues of life. So Lord God, we thank you as we look into the word of God concerning our heart concerning our relationship with you, Lord God, concerning your word, the condition of our heart in relationship to your word. We thank you for your Holy Spirit speaking to us individually, as well as speaking to us corporately as the body of Christ, known as Grace Church here in Berks County. We thank you that you have specific plans for us, and we believe, Father God, that as we keep our heart in check, as we keep our heart in, in, in tune with you, that, that we will be where you want us to be, we'll accomplish what you want us to accomplish, to your glory and to your honor. Amen. So you can readily see here in these couple of verses and the importance in the admonition here to, that it's important that we keep giving attention to the word of God, inclining our ears to the saying of God's word, keeping the word of God in our hearts. Uh, it results in our life and our health being much better. Verse 23 then says to, that we're to keep or we're to guard our heart with all diligence for out of the heart flow the very issues of life. So I think everyone in here is interested in life, interested in having a good, healthy relationship with God, having a good, healthy life as far as physically, but we also want a good, healthy life spiritually. And so it all has to do with the heart, the very center of our spiritual life. The psalmist declared in Psalm 119 and verse 10, he said, with my whole heart, I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. I believe that would be an appropriate prayer of confession for all of us, you know, that our whole heart, that we are seeking him, and let us not wander from the commandments or let us, not, let us not wander from the word of God. So it's so vitally important in our relationship with God, in our relationship with one another, in our marriages and in our parenting and, and uh, young people in your relationships. It's so vitally important that that are, that are the very center of our spiritual life, the very heart of our being is in a healthy place concerning our relationship with Almighty God, that we're not uh, hard-hearted, that we're not in rebellion in any area, that we are sensitive to the leading and to the guiding of the Holy Spirit, that we're not becoming indifferent to what 
God's word declares about us and his commandments concerning our conduct in our lives that we are certainly being very sensitive and in tune with the Holy Spirit. The writer of the book of Hebrews has some very powerful things to say about that. So let's turn to Hebrews chapter 3 for a moment. Hebrews, the third chapter, and we'll begin reading at verse 7. Again, uh, I encourage you again when you're reading Hebrews, remember it's primarily contrasting the old and the new, the old covenant, the new covenant, how God's dealing with the children under the old covenant in the Old Testament and his dealings with us today under the, under the new covenant through Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Savior. But in Hebrews chapter 3, beginning at verse 7, it's an admonition here for us to remain faithful. And the writer is saying, therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, as the Holy Spirit is speaking to you today, and it's contrasting how the children of Israel didn't do a very good job of obeying God's leadership, the leading of the Holy Spirit. So, so he's admonishing us here. He says, therefore, as the Holy Spirit says today, everyone say today. today. That today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the day of rebellion. That's referring to the children of Israel when they're in their 40 years of Egyptian captivity, how they hardened their hearts, they, they, uh, they ceased listening and being led by the Holy Spirit, they ceased, they ceased trusting in him. It says, do not harden your hearts, verse 8, as in, the, as in the rebellion, in the day of trial in the wilderness where your fathers tested me, tried me, and saw my works 40 years. And if they saw the hand of God, they saw the provision, they saw the protection of God on their lives, but they still hardened their hearts toward him. Verse 10 says, therefore I was angry with that generation and said they always go astray in their hearts. And they have not known my ways, so I swore in my wrath that they shall not enter my rest. They shall not enter my rest. Therefore, beware, lest there be in you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God, but exhort one another daily while it's called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. So there we can readily see the, the cause of the hardening of the heart. We get, off, we get off track by the deceitfulness of sin. Verse 14 says, For we have become partakers of Christ. If we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end, while it is said today, I'm going to say today. Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. So again, it's reminding us, of the generation, the wilderness generation, having hardened their heart, the deceitfulness of sin was the root of the hardening of their hearts, and it was referred to as, as in the day of rebellion. We certainly don't want history to write about, I don't want history to write about my life, that there was this uh, 40 years of hardening of my heart and 40 years of rebellion, and, and that the deceitfulness of sin took root, and I became bitter towards God. I refused to heed his voice. I even though I saw his, even though I'm seeing his provision, I'm seeing his miraculous miracles in life, I'm hardening my heart toward him because he didn't do everything just the way I expected he should be doing it. And so we want to guard our hearts, and that's what the, uh, the writer of Proverbs was saying. It's important that we guard our hearts with all diligence because the deceitfulness of sin is everywhere. 
We are not immune from the deceitfulness of sin trying to deceive us. The lust of the eye, the pride of life, I mean, it's it's all, it's, it's the environment that we're living in. It's an unholy environment, it's an ungodly environment, but we have the Holy Spirit of God abiding in us, and he is leading us, guiding us, and directing us, and he's speaking to us in every situation if and when we are listening. Amen? Well, he's speaking whether we're listening or not, but I'm saying in every circumstance, he's speaking. The question is, are we paying attention? Are we heeding his voice? Are we listening to the promptings of the Holy Spirit? Or is the Holy Spirit prompting us in a certain area of life, but because of my pain, because of my woundedness, because of my dissatisfaction, am I ignoring the voice of the Holy Spirit, as in the day of rebellion, am I hardening my heart, or is my heart remaining malleable? Am I, am, I, am I in a position where I'm hearing from God and I'm willing to make adjustments in my heart and do the right thing? I want to always be in a position where I'm doing the right thing. Amen? That's my goal. That's my desire is to be hearing from God and doing the right thing. Does it happen every moment of every day? No. Do uh, carnal thoughts cross over my mind? Absolutely. Do I, am I tempted to uh, give voice to some of those? Absolutely. Do I try not to? Absolutely. I'm really endeavoring to keep a, a, my heart in check. Out of it flow all the issues of life. One of the Proverbs tells us that as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Many times our lives are nothing more than a reflection of our thought life. What we are constantly thinking on, what we think about ourselves, what we think about others, what we think about the environment that we're in, what we think about the future, your life really does reflect that. Whether you're, you're living in obedience, you're living by faith, you're walking with God, or whether you're, you know, you're going in a different direction as in the day of rebellion. So the good news is, today, we have the word of the Lord. We have the Holy Spirit of God living and abiding in us today to to lead us, to guide us, and to direct us in every circumstance. And also, the word of God is is, uh, quick and it's powerful. Look at chapter 4 there in Hebrews, chapter 4, beginning at verse 12. This is a continuation of what the writer was talking about in chapter 3 on into chapter 4, talking about the the, the promise of a rest that that the children of old, they failed to to enter into because of their hardness of heart. Then in verse 12 of verse 4, it says, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow. And here's the part that really... It's like, wow. And is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of your heart. The word of the Lord, living, powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword. even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of, let's make it personal, a discerner of my thoughts and the intents of my heart. The word of the Lord 
knows and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of my heart. And is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of your heart. Notice you're not faking out God. You're not faking him out by having hardness in your heart, but smiling, saying, God bless you. So good to see you when you can't, you know, when you hate the person's guts. God knows exactly what's going on in it. Now, the person may be fooled by it, but God's not fooled by it. And we can fake it all we want, but God knows what's going on for real. And, and, and the sooner we come to realize that God knows what's going on, God is the one that we're answering to. We're not answering to the other person. So we need to stop faking it, and we need to get real with God. And that's what we're talking about, having a heart check and re recognizing and realizing that God knows everything that's going on. The word is a discerner and thoughts and intents of our heart. So we want to remain sensitive to the spirit of the living God speaking to us through his word. When you're reading the word of God or when the Holy Spirit prompts you on a verse or however the word is presented to you, whether it's through worship, through prayer, through the reading of the scripture, to remain sensitive to it and, 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 and not be wrestling with it the whole way through and say, well, I'm not sure that pertains to me or that's really not what I'm thinking, so I really don't think that pertains to me or I don't, I don't know if that's for today. or Well, we have the wisdom of God to discern Scripture between old and new, what's, what is relevant to us today, the Holy Spirit leading, guiding, and directing us. We have that type of insight. The key is, is that we must remain sensitive to that which the Holy Spirit is prompting in our heart and not to allow our hearts to be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Sin is just simply anything that's not of faith. You know, don't, don't try to categorize sin other than what the scripture says, anything that's not of faith, it's sin. So through the deceitfulness of sin, it's, uh, our hearts become hardened. They become insensitive to the Spirit's prompting, to this Holy Spirit's leading. Uh, we, we no longer uh, enjoy spending time with God. We, we don't enjoy worship. We don't really feel like praying anymore. We don't really feel like being around church anymore. We don't feel like being around other Christians anymore because, you know, we, we've just been burnt. We've been, we've been hardened. And uh, I can identify with that. I'm sure I have as many been burnt stories as you do. I might have a few more than you do. But, uh, it, but it, it comes down to really going before God and saying, God, you know, that, really, that was really painful what was just said about me, what was just done to me, or, or a promise that wasn't kept for me, or whatever. And, but recognizing that my responsibility is to let whoever did the offensive thing toward me is let God deal with that person. But for me, my responsibility is to continue cultivating a heart that remains tender, tender towards God, even in the midst of the struggle, even in the middle of it. My responsibility is to stay sensitive to God. I can't afford to take the attitude that, well, I'm not going to worship. I don't feel like worshiping. I'm so ticked off. You say, what are you so ticked off about? Well, I don't like that song. <laughs> <laughs> or it's loud or it's not quiet. It's, you know, it's whatever. You know, we, we're so, we can be so sensitive and so easily offended. Our goal needs to be is to become really, really sensitive to the Holy Spirit, 
prompting us, leading us, guiding us, directing us, showing us things to come, reminding us of things that we need to be reminded of. That's my responsibility to be a steward of my life, the very center of my relationship with God, my heart, my innermost being. Am I in, am, am I in a good place with God? Am I in a good place with God? And so there's so many applications to this, but this morning I want to uh, turn to Philippians chapter 4. And notice what the Apostle Paul wrote here when he wrote this letter to the church at Philippi in Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7. Verse 6, it's a, probably a very familiar verse to many people. It says, Be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. First of all, let's just pause there for a moment. We must recognize and acknowledge that there's a supernatural peace of God. God is a God of peace. God's supernatural peace surpasses any comprehension that are any, any, any and all things that come to us in life beyond what we can even uh, comprehend. His peace will rule and reign over that. And so be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Verse seven, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, all your logic, all your understanding, all human wisdom, everything that put together, there's a peace that, super, that surpasses all of that. And we put our trust and our faith in God that that peace will rule and reign. And that peace that surpasses all understanding will guard. I'm going to say will guard. It doesn't say it might. Maybe it will. But it says it will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. And it's so important that we uh, become familiar with this promise in the, in the scriptures because life is real. Life can really be brutal. It can be very painful. It can be very discouraging. The, the hurt, the heartbreak that takes place in our lives the brokenness in relationships on multiple levels is real and it's painful. It's not God's plan for us to be weighed down and to become hardened in our hearts as a result of anything that happens to us. But as we will continue like verse 6 tells us that we're not to be anxious, but with everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Continue to communicate with God. Let your requests be made known to him. Your, your, your desire to, to have peace in your heart, to be free of anxiety that I'm not anxious about this pain. I'm not anxious about meeting up with this person that has so hurt me. I'm not anxious about this family reunion where such and such a person is going to be there. Or I'm not anxious about or, or, you know, this other event where I, I just know I've been hurt and I've been wounded and I've been ridiculed. I'm growing beyond that. I'm letting that, my request be made known to God. And my request is that I'm desiring his divine protection, his guard his protection 
to be setting a guard over my heart and to protect me through Christ Jesus. Now, when Paul wrote this, that the picture that was in his mind when he used the word guard there is a picture of a guardian, and, and, and basically is a picture of the, of the soldiers who stood faithfully at their posts by the city gates, and they were in control. Their responsibility was to control who came into the city and who went out of the city. Notice, you didn't enter the, enter the city without the guards granting you permission, nor did you exit the city without the guards granting you permission. Today, I was thinking about one of the, probably one of the closest things we're familiar with it on a on somewhat regular basis, especially if you, if you fly at all. You, know, you go to the airport, you know, as of 9-11, you know, we have to be at the airport early. And, and why do you have to be there early? Security. Security. I'm going to say security. security. What's security doing? Making sure that what does not get on the airplane? Anything that would be harmful, anything that would be destructive, correct? So there's a security check, and we're all being, we become acclimated to it, but you know, it has intensified since 9-11. And it's a good thing. It can be frustrating when you're the one that's flying and you have to be there early and then wait in the long lines. But that's basically what the picture that Paul is using here. He said, and the peace of God will guard your heart. So God's peace is that guardian, is that security check. So when you, you let your request be made known to God, your purpose, you're not going to be anxious for anything. There's a supernatural grace, there's a supernatural peace that God makes available to us. And just like the guards of the days of old, no one entered or exited without the guards' approval, God's peace, God's word, when ruling, will monitor everything that tries to enter into my heart. It will monitor everything. And just like the, the machines at security check, monitor everything. They see what's in your luggage. There's certain rules that you're not even allowed to put, apply, put certain things on the belt or have it in your luggage. But then when what's in there goes through the x-ray machine, whatever, I think that's what they call it, uh, the, the machine there, they can t monitor everything that's going to board the aircraft. And if it's in violation, they will check it, and it will not make the aircraft. So in this situation, you're the aircraft. God's peace is monitoring, monitoring everything, checking everything, making sure nothing is entering into your being that would be harmful to you. Heart check. Say, how do I keep a check in my heart? There's so many, so, I have so many responsibilities. There's so much going on in life. There's so many voices. They're all screaming louder and louder. They're coming at me from every direction. How in the world am I supposed to monitor everything? God's peace will do it for you. Stay in touch with God. Stay in touch with God. Don't be anxious. Let your requests be made known to him in everything through prayer, through supplication, through being a person of thanksgiving, you let your requests be made known to him and the God of peace will protect you. He'll keep you safe at all times. Amen. So walk with God. Allow him to keep you free from the deceitfulness of sin. Don't say, why can, you know, we have a, now religion 
goes at it from the opposite. And religion will make a whole bunch of rules. Well, abstain from this, abstain from that, don't do this and don't do that. And then we're all busy all day long checking off, check, 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 check. In the meantime, we have a bad attitude because we have to check all these things and we're getting tired of checking all these things. <laughs> and now all of a sudden, we're, you know, we're not, we're not feeling all warm and fuzzy towards God. We're not feeling full of faith. We're feeling discouraged and downcast. And well, it's because we're not worshiping God. We're not praying. We're not celebrating. And we're, 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 we're busy trying to take care of all these things ourselves, all the, all the rules and regulations that we have established to check our hearts. But God will set a guard over us. We cooperate with him. He says, well, guard your heart with all diligence. And Proverbs makes it sound like you're responsible for it. Yeah, you're responsible to not be anxious, to let your requests be made known to God through prayer, through supplication. Real quickly, turn to Psalm 5. David prays a prayer in Psalm 5 that I'll give it to you. It'd be a great heart exercise for you this week. Psalm The fifth psalm. It says, Give ear to my word, O Lord. Consider my meditation. Give heed to the voice of my cry, my King and my God. For to you I will pray. My voice you shall hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning I will direct it to you, and I will look up to you. Now, David, this is a prayer for, for uh, the Lord's guidance on his life. And I, and I believe there's, it's a great prayer that we can apply to our lives today. And again, it gives us uh, four heart exercises here. The first one would be prayer. Become a person of prayer. David just, we just read these first three verses here. Then in verse four through six, David lists the things that the Lord detests, uh, starting the list with a preposition for, inferring that by through prayer, he would guard against these things from taking root in his heart. For, the preposition, you are not a God who takes pleasure in wickedness, nor shall evil dwell with you. The boastful shall not stand in your sight. You hate all workers of iniquity. You shall destroy those who speak falsehood. The Lord abhors the bloodthirsty and the deceitful man. Then in verse 7, we have the second heart exercise, and that is to become a person of worship. But as for me, I will come into your house in the multitude of your mercies. In fear of you, I will worship toward your holy temple. So he's praying. He's worshiping. It keeps your heart in check. Verse 8, yieldedness. Always be yielded to the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Now, he doesn't use the word yield here. He uses the word, verse 8 says, lead me. Lead me, O Lord. Well, if he's going to lead us, we have to be yielded to him. So I'm using the word yieldedness. So we have prayer, we have worship, and then we have the heart check called yieldedness. David's saying, lead me, O Lord, in your righteousness because of my enemies. Make your way straight before my face. So he's acknowledging that right in the middle of life, right in the middle of life, he is surrounded by enemies. We're saying, Lord, lead me. That should be our prayer in the morning. Lead me through this day, O Lord. I have a lot of things I need to negotiate, a lot of areas I need to navigate. Lead me, Lord. There's a lot of opposition. There's a lot of cultural trash I need to sort through. Lead me, Lord, through this day. It's a great exercise for your heart. Then in, in uh, verse 9 and 10, as a result of, of uh, 
worship and as a result of, of uh, God's leading and, and being yielded, verse 9 and 10, David suggests that the worship and the yieldedness would guard his heart from the things listed in 9 and 10. He says, for there is no faithfulness in their mouth. Their inward part is destruction. Their throat is an open tomb. They flatter with their tongue. Pronounce them guilty, O God. Let them fall from their own counsels. Cast them out in the multitudes of their transgressions, for they have rebelled against you. I'm not suggesting you pray that way today. All right? That's old covenant type prayer. We don't pray against our enemies, but we can. What David is essentially doing, he's saying, I'm worshiping you and I'm asking you to lead me because there's no faithfulness out there in the culture that I'm working in today. Where I'm traversing today is very tough terrain. And I need you to be leading me, to be guiding me. Worship will get you through that. Worship and then be yielded to the Holy Spirit. And then the fourth heart exercise we can do that he, that he gives us here is, is found in 11 and 12, and, and it's called to rejoice and to trust in him. So it be trust. So we have prayer, we have worship, we have uh, yieldedness to the Holy Spirit, and then we put our trust in him. Put our trust in him, 11 and 12. But let all those rejoice who put their trust in you. Let them ever shout for joy because you defend them. Let those also who love your name be joyful in you. For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous with favor. You will surround him as with a shield. There's your heart check, your four heart exercises for the week. I encourage you to continue to go through it. You're going to be prayer. You're going to worship. You're going to make a, com a commitment to be yielded to the Holy Spirit. And you're going to make a commitment that you're going to trust where he's leading you, guiding you, and directing you. And you'll find your heart coming into alignment with the, with the Lord your God. And the positive actions that come out of this is that the, the Lord will defend you. He will bless you as the righteousness of God. And his favor will surround you. Would you please stand? Father, we thank you and we praise you so much for your amazing grace. We thank you for your loving kindness and your goodness. Lord, we thank you, Father, for our hearts. We thank you for our physical hearts, and I pray right now for physical health over everyone who has a heart situation. We thank you, Lord God, for the advancements in, 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 in modern medicine concerning our hearts. We're, we're such, we live in such a, a, a blessed time with all the medical science and technologies that we have to correct our physical heart situations. But we also thank you for this time that we're living in, the time of grace, the time of the Holy Spirit abiding in us, not just just coming on us at certain times, but living in us to lead us, to guide us, to direct us. So, Father, we cast all of our care over unto you today. We purpose not to be anxious for anything, but in everything, with thanksgiving, we let our requests be made known to you. And your peace, your supernatural peace, surpasses all of our understanding, and it is guarding our heart in Jesus' name. So guard this church family, the family of Grace Church. Guard all of our hearts with supernatural peace as we make our uh, exodus here today, Father. We're going out into the world. We're going out into uh, relationships, connect connectivity, Father, in many different facets. I'm asking you, Lord God, that your supernatural protection be over each one of us that our hearts are protected, our hearts are pure, and we are free of becoming hard-hearted to your glory, to your honor, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name.
Now, heads bowed just for a moment. Perhaps you're in here this morning saying, Pastor Ray, I've never surrendered my heart to Jesus. I've never received him as the forgiver of my sin. I'm not sure if I would spend eternity in heaven if I were to die in the near future. I'm not sure about that. The good news today is, is that Jesus did die for your sin. He paid the penalty of our sin. And if you will accept him as your Lord and Savior, he has already forgiven you. He's simply asking you to accept that gift of eternal life. You're saying, I don't have the gift of eternal life, but I'd really like to get my heart right with God today. Would you just slip up your hand right now where you're standing? We'd love to offer an opportunity to pray with you. Anyone at all say, I want to get my heart right with God this morning. Thank you, Jesus. All right, I don't see any hands raised, so I trust you've done that. If you have any other need for prayer, I want to invite you to come up here. Some people would be happy to pray with you. Also, let's take a moment to thank Alex. If you were here last week, you got a good message. If you weren't here last week, I encourage you to go online and listen to it. It's a very, very powerful message that Alex delivered last Sunday morning. And so I want to encourage you to do that. And uh, so it's been good. We're blessed. We're blessed. I listened to it Sunday night. And... Uh, it, was, uh, it blessed my heart. I thought I should go away more often because we have some good, <laughs> have plenty of good teachers here. So, so praise God. But my heart is good. And it did my heart good to be away and to know that the church was in good hands. So thank you, Nathan and Alex and the children's ministry. They just all just do a great job. And so we're so blessed. We love you all. Thank you for loving us. And we look forward to seeing you sometime perhaps this week with the various groups that are going on. And if not there, we'll see you next Sunday morning. God bless you. Look around. There's just a few chairs empty. So we want to see those full next week. So grab someone. Grab someone and bring them with you next week. God bless you. We love you.